Hello and welcome back to the Obscurious Mind Podcast. My name is Matt Buckner. I am your host. This week we have our first guest on. His name's Garrett Looker. He's a junior here at Ball State. He is the uh, opinion editor of the Ball State Daily News. Super cool guy. Works on documentaries. He's working on one right now. We talk about that. We talk about some of the short films he's done. Talk about his writing. We talk about some political cartoons that he's drawn. Just really overall a cool episode that dives into some of your more typical obscurious mind type topics, more talking about kind of philosophy, culture, and, and people, and how to live live a good life. So, really cool episode. As usual, if you're on your iPhone and you're not listening to this on the podcast app yet, head over onto the podcast app, search the name, search my name, and you'll be able to find it. Subscribe to it, follow it, leave some likes, leave some reviews. It all helps me a ton when you guys follow it on there. Uh, same for Android. Head on over to Stitcher. Go ahead and grab that app and then go follow the podcast. Leave a like. All that good stuff. Helps me out a ton. Follow all the social media pages. You all know that. Uh, give it a share if you're liking it. If you're really liking the show, recommend it to a friend. All that just really helps Helps this keep growing and helps it continue to be a good time. And, and I really appreciate you guys coming back and listening every single week. It's, it's really awesome. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into it. This is Garrett Looker on The Obscurious Mind. So, wait, so you're working on a documentary? Yep, working on a documentary. All right. <laughs> the um, Muncie Community School System has been going through uh, quite a turbulent time in the last couple yeah. of years. And this year, my supervisor in the newsroom, Lisa Renzi Rhodes, approached me and she said, uh, I want you to do something on this. So I teamed up with a couple of other journalists, Tony Sandlaben being uh, the primary partner of the uh, documentary and we, the last four months we've been researching uh we've done over 30 interviews um wow a like bunch of teachers uh teachers community uh community members parents um state representatives president Mearns was our primary interview i think i remember seeing that on your yeah. social media yeah yeah um which is it's really it's the biggest project i've ever worked on in journalism yeah, yeah. um and uh it's incredible when you start researching about a certain community, and I'm assuming this would be with every community that you start diving yeah. into. There are certain themes and issues that crop up, okay. and through this project, I've found three main issues um, that have uh, really took hold of the vision that we've yeah. been going for. Of course, the first one's education, um, childhood development. Given. Um, but the other two are much deeper and much more affecting. Um, the first one is systemic racism. Uh, oh, very, okay. very, very um, ingrained here in uh, Delaware County and Muncie. Yeah. And it has been for a very long time since its inception in the uh, mid-1800s. And it's, we're still feeling the effects today. I mean, yeah. it's, and I've spoken, like I said, with a lot, of, uh, a lot of people that live here that have lived here their entire lives. Yeah. Um, one of which told me a story about how he would fear walking to school because wow. people would try to pick fights with him, throw rocks at him. Um, how old was he? He was, I mean, we're talking I guess how old school. is he now? Maybe and now better. he's, um, I want to say 55. 55. Okay. So okay. he was, he was okay. right in the, he was growing yeah. up in the civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, and I asked him, 
okay, so how are things now? He said, things are still terrible. Wow. But it's a, it's a different kind of terrible. You're not going to see that. Yeah. Um, you're not going to have a child that is clearly told you can't be friends with this person or that person because yeah. they're white and you're black. Um, but he said it's, and I can confirm this because of the research that I've been doing, racism today in America doesn't stand between person to person as much as it used to, but it still sits in the systems that we've built oh, yeah. back oh. when it was person to person. Yeah. So, and we, we see that in the education. We see that in the job foundation, the economy, um, and the upward mobility that we talk about sometimes okay. with people. Um, and that spills into the, th- the third topic that really took hold. And this one was more of, uh, more of a, it hit home for me. It was the economy of Muncie and Delaware oh, County. okay. Because a lot of the problems that we were um, researching with the lack of funding, yeah. the lack of education, teachers leaving, students leaving, um, attendance or enrollment um, declining so sharply in the last 10 years. Yeah. If you look at the the jobs that have left, mm-hmm. it's all factory jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good paying factory jobs that we're talking blue collar families that would raise their children here in Muncie and expect a good education. They're gone. They're wow. gone and they've been gone for 10 years and we are we're feeling that decade effect. So is there nothing replacing it either? There's nothing replacing it. I I mean, that's what it looks like living here, but... So so if you look at the census, um, back 30 years ago, the top employers of uh, Delaware County, we're talking Borg Warner, which Mm -hmm. made auto auto repair parts. Yeah. Um, Chevrolet, um, other, uh, the Indiana Steel and Wire Factory, which made um, bridges. Uh, Really... Good paying jobs that people had for their entire lives. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it then was they factory left. Factory man, family. Exactly. Man, um, so now, if you look at the census, the um, top employers in Muncie are Ball State, Ball, yeah, uh, Ball Memorial Hospital. <laughs> so Ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the community schools. Okay. And Walmart. Ooh. Yeah, and Walmart, in a way, has been something of a. Um, a Christ figure for some people. Yeah. Because finally, you know, hey, I can finally get a job back. Yeah. But Walmart doesn't have the capability or in my opinion the 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 want the intention to pay yeah. it, to pay its workers what those workers got when they were building Oh, a working car. for a factory. Exactly. Yeah. So so here we are. And the reason that that um issue hit so so at home with me yeah. was because I grew up in a Midwestern town. That's what I was about to ask. I couldn't remember yeah. where you were from. Yeah, Logan so. Sport, Indiana, up oh, yeah. in central north Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it, it's the swan song of the Midwest. That's mm. what I've been calling it. That this thing can be seen everywhere you go. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like, so Muncie is well known for being Middletown. Yeah. Right? And Middletown was a study done in 19, I believe, 1924 mm-hmm. by a, uh, a team of researchers. Um, and the, uh, the study came out in 29, 29, I believe. Their intent was to find a town that was very average American, not a big city, not a small mm-hmm. town, something down the middle that they could really understand what it was like to be an American. Yeah. And they chose Muncie, and they never gave up the name, and they called it Middletown. Yeah. Well, eventually people started figuring out Huh. Kilgore Avenue, Broadway, yeah. Walnut Street. Yep. It was Muncie. 
Um, and uh, growing up, my, my great-grandfather grew up in Muncie at that time when they were doing oh, okay. the research. Uh, my dad lived in Muncie in the 90s, and now I'm living in Muncie. So it's, it's really um, emotional for me in a sort of way. But also, since this is the quote-unquote most average American town, mm-hmm. if we're suffering from these problems, does that mean all of America it, is suffering from these problems? Is it problems? the baseline? Is right. it the... Right. Yeah, it's um, the picture of everything. So, so this semester, Tony and I have been uh, working. It's it's really hard because you have these huge issues and you want to dive into. Oh, the, there's so many things the, to say. The racism and the the job loss and the education. Yeah. And you can't. You don't have enough time. Yeah. So for now, we are putting together a documentary that will air in uh, mid-May. Okay. On uh, Muncie's schools and the uh, struggles they've had, oh. and. Uh, Got a tour tour guide out there, I think. Oh, nice. Um, and so uh, our documentary um, will air mid-May, and uh, it will be primarily answering the question. Uh, it's the starter. It's what I consider the starter pack for something that will come in the future. Mm-hmm. But at the end of every interview that we did, including Mearns and the state representatives, we said, you've seen the people leave. Yeah. You've seen those jobs yeah. leave, and you see the pain and the hurt that is in Muncie. Mm-hmm. Why have you stayed? No. Oh. oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then the second part of that question is, now that you've stayed, what would you tell someone that's considering leaving? Yeah. And we got some really colorful answers. Oh, I bet. Um, we got some people that said, you know, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, primarily students looking to move forward. And that's okay. I mean, I, I think yeah. that's considered the American dream, always looking for something better. But we got a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people. Um, the reoccurring sentiment was, this is a place that we consider home, and we need to fight to keep it. Yeah. So it, it, it's been emotional. So the, uh, the documentary that we're working on now is primarily answering that one question of, why stay? Yeah, why are you still here? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's one of those questions, too, because, like, what you're talking about, how how if we considered Muncie Middletown, is mm-hmm. that the picture of what most exactly. of... Well, then you can even take that question and say, okay, well, things don't look great in America right now. Uh-huh. Why are you still here? Exactly. And so that's a cool... That's not really a juxtaposition, but a parallel. Right, right. That you could look at, which, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so hopefully next semester in my senior year here at Ball State, I can take those larger questions yeah. and expand it into a feature-length documentary. Um, so that's how long is this one? Uh, this one's half an hour. Uh, what I hope to do is an hour, um, hour, hour long cool. one next um, semester. Feel free to plug whatever too. Yeah. Uh, where can you find it? Like I know you said mid-May, but where uh, yeah. So um, the documentary we're airing this semester um, in mid-May is uh, going to be on WIPB, okay, um, Indiana Public Broadcasting. Okay. So um, been very fortunate to get the uh, the help from those guys. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, so. I don't know. It's uh, it's really. I think a lot of people talk about Muncie, um, specifically Ball State students. They talk about Muncie as it's this. Ah, uh, oh, you know, it's that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. this is Muncie. We're Ball State. We're you know. There's I've never a difference. I've never been downtown. Why yeah. would I go down there? Um, downtown's dope. It, it has awesome breweries. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I get that. I get. Yeah. That. No. You, absolutely. Uh, I'm a big big fan of driving around. Just driving oh, and thinking. Same. Right. Um, if you if you drive to the uh, very eastern edge of mm-hmm. Muncie, past uh, so Jackson Avenue, take Jackson Avenue out, um, and uh, 
you're east of Muncie, you'll see some devastatingly poor areas. Oh, yeah. And it, it's it's very uh, it chokes you up if you if you're yeah. if you're emotional in that sort of way it chokes you up yeah because you think you know this isn't this isn't supposed to be America yeah. I was with my dad my dad uh, came and got lunch with me mm-hmm. uh, it's so strange you know when, we're considered adults now oh I know and now we get lunch <laughs> with our parents but anyway um, I, I digress on that but yeah no it's super weird <laughs> my my dad had come and gotten lunch with me and we went for a drive and mm-hmm. he said you know, there's only a couple of things that separates America from third world countries. Oh, yeah. Toilets, cell phones, and cars. Yeah. You take those away, you look at a neighborhood like that. If you look at a neighborhood like that, you know. Well, and I mean, you could kind of throw in there, too, just that there was like, there was massive housing development, too. So housing's available. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been in those parts of Muncie. I ride my bike all the time mm-hmm. and so i've mm-hmm. ended up in those kinds of sides where it's just and i was just this is odd topic but i was literally thinking about it in the shower the other day yeah well, <laughs> because, i mean the shower, you always think about stuff in the shower yeah well and i was just i mean i was kind of thinking about the fact that i'm here showering in in a pretty decent apartment mm-hmm. it's not crazy expensive but i mean it is just that reality of standing there and going my reality is so much cushier than yeah yeah than I even know a lot of times. Yeah. Which is such a weird thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the buzzword of 2016, I think, was privilege. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, not so much now. Yeah. Because I think people have uh, moved on to other things yeah. that you know they're upset about. Um, but when I remember the first time I had a conversation about the word privilege, mm-hmm. I was being told I was privileged. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> You didn't see how I grew up. You don't yeah. know who I am. Do yeah. not label me as privileged. Um, but then, uh, through a series of discussions with people that are much smarter than I am, I learned that uh, privilege, you can you can take that word and substitute it out for lucky. I yeah. am lucky yeah. to have running water. Yes. Um, and then it's not so... It's it not doesn't so have the harshness yeah. that got. It's like, oh, it. I, you're right. I am lucky that I, I live yeah. at Ball State. I oh, am lucky sure. I'm getting this education. Yeah. Because other people might not have the luck to, you know, do No, that. and I mean, that's something I even just kind of yeah. keep in the back of my head here and there because, I mean, yeah, it's easy to complain about having classes and tests oh, yeah. and all that oh, kind yeah. of thing. But realistically, oh, I'm getting to get a really mm-hmm. good education. For sure. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. Just look where we are right now. Oh, I know. Unbelievable We're that we have this opportunity. We're in million studios yeah. right now. Yeah. And um, I just get to toy around. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. They're just like, oh, have fun. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. Just get in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is, I think when when we talk about that stuff, when uh, we get upset that someone's calling us privileged, we have, we have a couple of options. The first option is the obvious. Get upset. Continue living in your bubble. Yeah. Um, the second option, and I think is much more uh, advancing for your character and your mm-hmm. personality, is to say, okay, I disagree with you, but let's adventure out there. Let's go see. Hey, that's so interesting. Yeah. I went through and read through a bunch of your stuff on Finding Beneficence. Oh, yeah? Um, and I, li- <laughs> I have starred on this page a fucking grain of salt. Um <laughs> Because I saw some of the comments that you got in response to a couple of your posts. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of made me, I mean, honestly, it kind of annoyed me. But <laughs> it, 
it's one of those things where you're making really good points and you're talking about really, in a lot of ways, heavy-handed topics. Mm-hmm. And yet some of the response you get back is just as dichotomized as what they're blaming you of being. Right, right. Which, and that's why like, I had like a fucking grain of salt accompanied by... Um, Mm. What what like? I think we choke the opportunity for just a good discussion mm-hmm. all the time yeah. because we're like, no, this yeah. is where, well, and it's like, yeah. And I, I <laughs> if I'm mistaken, I think you're referencing the uh, the gunshots beyond the horizon. Yeah. That one, I think it was yeah. that one. Yeah, people. Well, were and then there was another one where it was just I'm not going to say the comment, but I thought yeah. the comment like it was in something completely not regarding your article, mm-hmm. and I was just like. That's yeah. what you chose to comment about? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you got to... So I have been extremely fortunate to be able to um, have a running column for the Ball State Daily News. Yeah. Um, Where did Finding Beneficence come from? Was uh, that your idea? What's the backstory? Yeah, so... Yeah, the backstory befi- behind Finding Beneficence is um, my sophomore year at Ball State, I decided to venture out in the world of journalism and see if I could try my hand at column writing, opinion writing. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I started, they gave me the column name on the lookout because my last name's Looker. Um. And uh, this year, I uh, I became the opinion editor. Mm-hmm. And I thought a lot of times our writers had column names that were puns of their last name. I didn't like that. <laughs> so I thought if I could come up with something that was, if my life was a book, what's going to be the title? Oh, yeah, no, that's totally fair. So I thought Finding Beneficence, because we talk about uh, Benny. I mean, the statue of Benny mm-hmm. stands for the the points of beneficence. Yeah. And obviously, beneficence means good. And uh, definitely with uh, coming to college between the ages of 18 and 22, um, I feel like this moment is the the moment that we we get the opportunity to grow the most. Oh, yeah, it's and, insane. And you and I, people like you and I at this age, um, in such a such a crazy time in our world with fast, what's going on. Fast moving. It's so fast moving. So fast moving. Um, I think that we're quick to to say the world is a dark place. Oh, I'm so glad you're diving into that. Yeah, the world, the world can definitely be a dark place if yeah. you look in places. And definitely, I mean, the experiences I had even last night, mm-hmm. not even 12 hours ago, yeah. were pretty dark. Um, and you're going to find a lot of that. Yeah. But the reason, the reason I titled it Finding Beneficence was because I wanted to find the good. Find the good. I wanted to find yeah. the reasons things are like that. Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, the first pieces that I wrote first semester mm-hmm. um, was, uh, it was really, really an awful piece on... Uh, <laughs> Um, it was called uh, "Scenes from an American Gas Station." Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Uh, it. Was a play on play on words from the Billy Joel song "Scenes from an Italian Restaurant." Gotcha. Um, and if you listen to that song, it's told in uh, three. It's it's an epic song of three parts mm-hmm. about an Italian restaurant and people that come there and relationships that bud and dissolve oh, and how you live. Love that stuff. Um, and I'm a huge Billy Joel fan, and uh, I really relate to that song because when we live. We're also dying and dissolving, yeah. and oh, things yeah. fall apart, it's, it's and things are created, and that's life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at where I grew up, um, and I, I like to generalize it as Midwest, the mm-hmm. Midwest, because 
uh, I find Muncie and Logan Sport and Marion and Indianapolis and a lot of places very similar. Oh, yeah. So I grew up in the Midwest, and I'm just a kid trying to find my way. Um, but at the start of the year, I went on one of those drives just to think, and I drove north on Wheeling Pike, and it's this twisting road that goes up to a, uh, a town called Wheeling, which is really small, and then if you turn left, you'll eventually get to a town called Matthews. Mm-hmm. And I stopped in Matthews to uh, um, at the uh, gas station. I, I know, I know gas. that exact gas yeah. station. And the, the people that I saw were really rough, yeah. really rough-looking people um, yeah. that smiled at me. So I'm 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 scared of them. You know they've got their camo and their their uh, their skull. They're they're chewing mm-hmm. tobacco in the <laughs> back pocket and they're smiling at me. Yeah. And they tell me to have a nice day, and I thought, wow, what a crazy moment that was for me because yeah. I'm stereotyping you. Oh, absolutely. I'm stereotyping you, and you're probably doing the same for me. But in your smile, I see that Midwestern hospitality. Right? Oh yeah. Right. But then I thought. Does Midwestern hospitality truly exist? Because these people, if I'm stereotyping, yeah. <laughs> might be the same people that don't like other people that think differently yeah. or look differently. Yeah, no, that's fair. And is there some truth to that? Well, not truth, but is there some mm. explanation of why people are like that? Mm, mm-hmm. So when I wrote that piece, it was more of, let's raise some questions Yeah. that maybe weren't on your mind but should be on your mind of who are we as Americans? Yeah. And what the heck are we doing out here? Yeah. Um and I think I really capitalized on that in my uh my piece on what it meant to be American mm-hmm. with um once again the idea of kneeling for the American flag was uh on the uh the hot plate for everyone in discussion. Yeah. And I thought people that are and and of course you can disagree with this because that's yeah. the great thing about being an American. Yeah. You yeah. can have your ability to disagree, and yeah. you have your your freedom of speech. Um, but the greatest thing that I see is people are standing up for a country that they believe can be better. Mm-hmm. Literally by doing the opposite of standing <laughs> up by kneeling yeah um and of course i don't want to generalize because i don't know their stories yeah and hopefully through journalism one day i can know their stories but that's what i see i see people that are are fighting for our home to be better yeah and that's the most american thing yeah and and how can you disagree with that right that's what i never fully understood i was was like i mean yeah you can be upset but don't don't tell people not to be passionate. Right. Don't tell people not to say, "Hey, I don't think this is right." Right, <laughs> right, because that starts getting dangerous. No, yeah, oh yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just gonna kind of, I just kind of yeah, just creative cool. questions. Yeah. Um, I really like your writing style on some of your stuff. It's yeah. intriguing. Because there was, on the Lest We Forget, yeah, yeah, there was one small detail that I loved, and it was when you talked about the boy who you thought was falling asleep. Yeah. Who you thought was asleep by the end of that. Yeah. Um, and I liked that because I, 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 I'm not good at focusing mm-hmm. part of the time, and so when I walk into a room, I'll notice the initial thing, kind of like you talked about, like mm-hmm. they were watching the documentary. Yeah. Uh, but then all of a sudden, I do see that kid falling asleep, like, hmm, that kid's falling asleep. But you did mm-hmm. exactly what my head does, where it snaps right back into the story. Mm-hmm. Is that a stylistic thing? Is that something you enjoy, or is that like... Um, well, you know, uh, 
it's something I very, very much enjoy, and okay. I'm very pleased that you caught it. Okay. Um, because when it comes to journalism, I get this awesome, awesome chance yeah. to be the observer, to try and take in every piece of evidence and detail yeah. that I can. Um, and so when I sat down in that classroom that day, um, I made it very... I, my mission was to watch. Mm-hmm. Watch the faces, yeah. the smiles, the frowns, the eyes of these kids yeah. that some of them were born after the towers fell. Yeah, um, that was really... In- uh, that kind of... Yeah. So... Messed with my head, but... Um, so I tried to... I tried to think, you know, what was going on through their minds. But the reason the reason I use that writing style, and yeah. it's it's strange because, you know, I'm still crafting my career here, so I'm not oh, sure where it came it. from. But, you yeah. know, um, the reason I do that is because I think we've got to be we've got to be understanding yet critical at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to, uh, there's this great book. Um, it's actually a book that makes me extremely upset uh, because of the main character. It's called Joe College. Okay. Um, Joe College is a book about um, a junior at a uh, Ivy League college, I think, uh, in the 80s. Yeah. And he is pretty much obsessed with what a 21-year-old would be, drinking, sex, you know, just living life. Et um, but there's something in the back of his head, and that is the m- moral and ethical values of his life. And he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Uh, the reason it's really tough is because of the decisions that he decides to throw those away. Uh, um, uh. And, it, and if you get a chance, if you get a chance, you should really check it out. It's okay. a great book. Um, you might toil with it as much as I did. Yeah, probably. But um, the author of that, which I'm spacing his name, I think it's John or Joe, Joe something, I forget. Um, but he uh, he did this thing where, at the same time of evaluating his the character's decisions, he's voicing the character's thoughts, and mm-hmm. he's talking about the details of the room and the people in the room, and it's incredible. He can fit this in a sentence that isn't more than fifteen words long, and yeah. I think, how did you do that? But you've ar- he's already formed the whole room. Exactly. For you. Yeah. So when I sat down in that classroom, that's yeah. really what I tried to do. So. In the piece, I talked about um, the portraits of George Washington mm-hmm. and Abraham Lincoln staring down at these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely opinionated, but of course it was a column. They yeah. weren't actually staring down at them, but I felt as if we're in a room soaked in history. It's a history room. Yeah, It's a history classroom. Um, and yet, so many things are there present for you to say, yes, this one moment in American history might be the most heart-wrenching, important day yeah. that I should know about. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't know about it. He fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And that's not for me to judge. No. But it is no. for me to describe. Y- yeah, absolutely. And that's why, that's why I tried to describe that. Um, not that I... I actually, um, when I saw that, I uh, had a call back to my own life. Um, my, uh, my dad is a U.S. history teacher at my high school. <laughs> my junior year, I remember I was, uh, um, I had stayed up all night mm-hmm. finishing a project and I had him for third period, I think. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to answer any questions today. Yeah. I'm just going to be right here. And I had maybe forgotten what his agenda was for that day or something, mm-hmm. but we were studying the Dust Bowl. Uh, the Dust Bowl was uh, one of the most um, horrible agricultural disasters ever yeah. um, in the 1930s, uh, 1920s and 30s. 
and uh, he popped in the Ken Burns documentary, which is extremely dry, no pun intended. <laughs> um, and he turned the lights off. And when he turned the lights off, I thought, oh, no, this is, this is bad. Yeah. And I fell asleep. And I remember uh, when I was sitting in front of his desk, so he never saw me fall asleep, but he saw yeah. my you know, head bobbing down because that's what you do. He knew I was asleep. And he walked to the front of the classroom after the, uh, you know, class was about to end. The bell hadn't rang yet. Yeah. And I knew that all I would have to do is open my eyes when he opened or turns the light on. Yeah, he didn't do that. <laughs> he walked up slowly to the uh, TV and he turned the TV off without saying a word. And when I opened my eyes because the absence of sound alerted me, he was staring right through my soul. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> So awful. <laughs> it, it is awful, um, but it's also it's it's awful as a student, as yeah. an American, because a lot of people thought that the Dust Bowl was the most the worst time of their lives. Yeah, because it ruined everything that they had going mm-hmm. on. Same thing with people that were affected by 9-11. Absolutely. So here I am falling asleep in history class. Yeah. I related to that kid. I related to him because maybe he had stayed up the night before. Oh yeah. Working on a project. Yeah. Teacher turns the lights off, throws a documentary on. Yeah. Something that happened before my life. Why should I care? Right on, guys. That is the first first part of this interview with Garrett Looker. I hope you guys are enjoying it. This interview, honestly, in my opinion, only continues to get better. We really kind of start settling into a groove and a lot of really cool questions get talked about and he just talks about a lot of his artistic artistic thoughts and more creative thoughts as we get into it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope to see you guys back on Thursday. Remember to like, share, comment, follow on all all the things. Twitter, Instagram, The Obscurious Mind. Go follow, and I will see you guys back on Thursday. Have a good week, y'all.